before I pray, um, I'm going to share a word today about faith. Now, we know last Sunday that we had a healing service. And the whole, well, the whole thing about how God works with us is about faith. Now, you may have come forward and received prayer for something. And maybe during the week, whatever you see prayer for seemed to have come back. This is the importance of having faith. Because faith is the currency that God gives us to make access to things that we need. So your healing, you access it by faith. Don't focus on how you may be feeling during the week after you prayed. But hold on to the faith that God has given to you. The Bible says that God has given us faith the size of even a small mustard seed because that mustard seed had the potential to grow into a massive, massive tree. That is how powerful your faith is. Never take your faith for granted. So I want us to pray. We're not going to get into this word this morning. Father, we thank you. I pray that you'll use me to share this word, touch our hearts, minister to us, oh God, and help me to speak as you lead by your Holy Spirit. We give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the title of the word I want to share this morning is called Maximizing Faith in Your Season. Maximizing Faith in Your Season. As I just mentioned, we need to make sure that we use the faith that we have that God has given to us in order to access what God has in store for us. A reminder that our vision as a church is to be ready for the Lord's return. We know the Lord is coming. And it's important that as we prepare for his return, that we ensure that our faith is firmly rooted in him. Now that may sound like a cliche that, yeah, your faith is rooted in God. But it's important that we recognize that our faith is totally rooted in him. Because your faith is, is a foundational part of your walk. If your faith is rocky, then everything about your life will also be rocky. But if your faith is totally in God, then whatever you face in life, you'll be secure. Because you're not focused on what is happening around you, but you're focused on the one who made heaven and earth, the one that we serve. So I want to make a few pointers this morning in regards to maximizing your faith in the season that you are in. The first point is this, and it's very significant. Your faith in God is the most important power you possess. Period. The faith that you have in God is the most important power you possess. You know, many have described faith as a currency. And I kind of touched on it before. A currency provides you access. When you go to a shop, either use your card or use cash. And if you want something, you want food, you want a car, you want whatever, you have to use your money in order to access that particular thing. If you don't have enough money, then you need to go and do whatever you need to do to get enough money to go and purchase that particular thing because your money gives you access to that thing. Faith is exactly the same. As I said, we had the healing service last week. We're believing that God has given us healing and set us free from whatever we're facing. So in order to access that healing, what do we need to have? Is faith. If for whatever reason that healing hasn't come yet, it may mean that your faith isn't enough. 
So you may need to go back to the drawing board. Trust God. Believe him. Increase your faith in order to access that thing. So faith works the same as currency. If you apply it and you use it, it gives you access to whatever it is that you're facing. And it's through your faith in God that you have confidence in everything else. Faith in God. See, imagine living life literally carefree. Living life in a way whereby your head is held high, you're totally relaxed and comforted by what's happening because of your faith. That's what faith can do if we access faith and we focus on God. But then the opposite can also happen because if we lose our faith, if we lose the ability to trust God in whatever we are facing, then unfortunately you lose everything. Because I said before, faith in God is the foundation of your relationship with him. You look around, people around in the world, they have faith. It may not necessarily be in God, but they have faith in other things. I touched on money, money before. And money is a good example. Where people have faith in money, and for whatever reason, they lose money. And also what money represents. At times they can lose themselves. And this is how you've heard before where I think in when the crash in 2008 took place. During that time, people took their lives. Because as far as they were concerned, because their money had gone, their life had gone. And it's similar to faith. Because if you lose your faith in God, almost your life, your connection has depleted, is gone. So faith in God is so important. A key point to note, and I'm going to hover on this today as I share and going forward. A key point to note about faith is this, is that your faith will always be tested. Your faith in God and anything in relation to God will always be tested, guaranteed. That means as a child of God, every part of your life that you surrender to him will be tested every day without fail. So you think of your life. Your health will be tested. Whether you believe him that you're going to be healed or not, but your faith in God to believe him for healing will be tested, guaranteed. Your relationships will be tested. Could be your siblings, could be your parents, could be your friends, your work colleagues. If you surrender that to him, it is going to be tested, guaranteed. Your marriage will be tested. Those of us who are married, we all made vows. Every vow that you vowed to your spouse will be tested because you surrendered that your marriage to him. So it's going to be tested. Your education, those of us who are studying, I know the young people are not here, but some of us are studying. It will be tested. The ability for you to start and complete whatever course that you're doing will be tested. Because during it, the enemy will come and whisper to you, why are you wasting your time? Look at your age now. Why are you trying to bother to do this? 
it will be tested because you surrendered it to him. This is how the enemy works. Your attendance to church will be tested. Sometimes when you should be here, you're online. And those online, some of you should be here. You shouldn't be online. You should be here. Obviously, those of you that are in Huddersfield, you know, Tracy and the crew, clearly you need to be where you are. But your church attendance will be tested. Your service in church, what you do in church, will be tested. The very words that you speak will be tested. And the Bible says, I was reading in the book of James this morning, that those who teach the word of God will be judged more harshly because of their teaching. And you would think I would have thought, mm, well, maybe I should stop preaching. But no, whatever, whatever, I'm, I'll be judged accordingly. But everything that we say will be tested. Our actions, the things that you are doing, as well as the things that you are not doing, they'll be tested. James chapter 1, reading from verse 2 to 4, New King James Version. It says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Turn to your neighbor and say, test your faith. See, the scripture says, interestingly enough, it says, count it joy when you face trials. Now, I'm not being funny. How many of you, the last time you faced a trial, counted it as joy? Because you faced a trial. But this is, what the, this is what the scriptures say. That when you face a trial, it says count it joy. When you face trials. But it goes on because it talks about the testing of your faith. And what it produces in you. And the Bible says that it produces patience. Now please, let, let, let's look at this word patience. Of late I've been looking at the... Greek and Hebrew meanings of certain words because those are the kind of original definitions. But let's look at the word patience and what it means in the original Hebrew language. Now in Hebrew, there are three different words for patience. One of them is a word called hal, spelled H-U-L. This means pain, believe it or not. Pain, the feeling of pain, discomfort, H-U-L. Another word is called erik, spelled E-R-E-K, which means long-suffering. And then the final word is a word called kwawe, Q-A-W-A-H, which means to wait or to long for. So when the Bible is saying that it produces patience, it's saying that part of the patience that it produces involves pain. Now, pain isn't a good, is, a, is not necessarily a bad thing because sometimes we equate pain to being bad, but it isn't all bad. Pain has a very uh, significant purpose. Look at the way your body is. If the sensation of pain wasn't there, your body would be damaged. 
to a very bad degree because pain tells you that either your body's being hurt or damaged so for you to pull away. Like, for example, you put your hand in a fire and you didn't have any sensation of pain. What would happen to your hand? Your hand would be destroyed. So pain is a warning. It's a sensor. So patience brings a sensory to you. It helps you to understand what's happening, to respond to situations, to react to what's around you. That's what pain does. Then it talks about long suffering. You know, sometimes you could be in a situation where you're suffering. And the suffering could be literally a few seconds. But even in those few seconds, you just give up because you can't take it. That's not patience. Patience is long suffering. So that means that when you're going through something that is uncomfortable, something that is difficult to bear, when you have patience, God is saying that it will take you through that whole process. Because this is part of the testing of faith. It also means to wait. Now see, God knows that we are very impatient people. But God is encouraging us to wait. See, the interesting thing about, about God is that, remember, God sits outside of time. And he created time for us. But to God, time isn't an issue. And remember, if we're trusting and having faith in God, we have to remember that God doesn't operate by time, even though we do. So there are things that we're believing for God to do. And in our mind, time's going. God, you're taking too long. But as far as God is concerned, time is not an issue. So this is where our faith has to be in him and in nothing else. It's so easy to look at things from a natural position. And then in our minds, what do we do? We start calculating. Doing one plus one equals two. Two plus two equals four. God doesn't work like that. As I said, time is not an issue. So for God, one plus one can equal whatever he wants it to be. But if we look to him and we keep our faith in him, he would ensure that the very thing that we're believing him for in his time, that we will receive that thing according to his will. It's also important to note that I mentioned all these things about testing, going through testing and challenges, etc. that your faith will be tested. But going through a test or a challenge doesn't necessarily mean that you sinned or done anything wrong. And it's important to note that because sometimes you can be going through things and you're thinking, Lord, what have I done? I've opened the door here, there. Or maybe you see somebody else going through challenges, continual challenges, and you're thinking, they must have done something. Doesn't mean that they've done anything at all. What it does mean is that God has something better in store for them. Amen. Remember the story in the Bible of the blind man? The Bible says that, the religious people, and even some of the uh, disciples were speaking to Jesus about this, this blind man. And they said, listen, something has happened. Surely this blind man, his parents have sinned or done something in order for him to be blind. So they were trying to work out, he just can't be blind for no reason. But Jesus responded to them and said, but no, it's got nothing to do with his parents sinning. 
But the reason for this person's blindness is for, the, is for my glory, is for the glory of God. This is what the word of God says. Now again, let's look at the word glory. Because it's talking about the reason for this person's issue. His issue was blindness, was to give God glory. In the Greek word, the word glory means, is a word called doxa, D-O-X-A. And that word means nature or weight or something that's heavy. Now, when you speak about nature, nature has a lot to do with what somebody is like. So someone says, oh, what's Mecca's nature like? That means that what am I like? So it's referring to the nature of the person. So being tested, as I said, isn't necessarily demonic. Rather, it's a factor that is built into the faith system. So with that example of the, the blind man, it was revealing God's nature, which was to demonstrate his glory in that situation. And in the same way, God wants to demonstrate his nature in the very challenge that you are facing so that glory can be given to him. If there's time today, I don't know if there's going to be time, but I'm looking at the seasons that we're in. Every season that you are in will come and it will pass. See, the mistake that we sometimes make is that we are in a season and we behave and we operate as though that season is going to last forever. And it does not. And it's important to know in the season that you are currently in right now, what is God saying that you should be doing? What do you need to focus on in this season? How do you need to equip yourself in this season? How should I be praying in this season? Who should I be spending time with in this season? What should my mind be focused on in this season? If you're not asking yourself those kind of questions, what you will end up doing will be the wrong things in the season that you are in. For example, right now it's, it's well, it's supposed to be winter, but... Still double figures, which is a bit interesting. But around January, February or so, that's normally when it is, it is really cold. It's normally minus whatever. It's probably maybe snowing, etc. If you saw me come to church with my pants and T-shirt on, and I'm standing here preaching, all of you, even, even me saying pants and T-shirt, look at the way you're looking at me. But you'd be thinking, what kind of ridiculous, why would I be coming to church in next to nothing, and it's freezing cold outside. Now, besides the fact that it's inappropriate for me to be wearing that anyway, but even if I was wearing that in that season, you'd be thinking, are you, are you okay? Because what I'm wearing does not up correlate to the weather outside, to the season that I'm in. And see, that is what some of us do. That we are either doing things, we are making decisions, our mind is focused on a particular thing, we're speaking to different ones about certain things, but we're doing it out of season. And it's important to hear. That's why we sang the song at the beginning, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you about the season that you are in. Because only he knows exactly what you need to do. The Bible makes it very clear. It's not by power nor by might, but it is only by the Spirit of God. What is God saying that you should be doing in this season that you are in right now? I encourage you, you need to listen 
you need to take time out and find out, Holy Spirit, what are you saying that I should be doing in this season? What is it you want me to do? It's so important. So God uses tests that we face to reveal his power, to reveal his glory, to reveal his doxa, as I said, which is his nature. That's what God does. So many examples in the Bible. You remember Job? Job did not sin, didn't do anything wrong. But God chose Job because he wanted to demonstrate his glory in Job. What did, what did Job not lose? He lost, the Bible said he lost everything. It wasn't just possessions, uh, oxen and all those kind of things that represent like cars and all those, those things that we would correlate to now. His entire family lost. But at the end of it, the Bible says that he got back seven times more than he had at the beginning. But see, Job had to go through the whole process of losing but even had he went through that process of losing and his own wife was saying to him, what are you doing? Curse God and die. What kind of, look, you've lost everything. It's done, it's finished. Why are you wasting your time? But Job said, even though he slayed me, even, he knew that God himself was attacking him. And that's different. When you know that God is attacking you, at the time you, in your mind you can think, why am I wasting my time for? Let me just give up. But he still trusted God. So his faith was tested to an extent. But Job said, even though you slay me, yet would I praise you. So many others. In the book of Daniel, there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Again, did they do anything wrong? No. They were minding their own business. But God put them in a position where they were going to be thrown into the lion's den because they were serving God. They had an opportunity to come out of it if they decided to tell the king that they would not serve God, but they refused. And by that, they were willing to die. And the Bible says, you know, they were thrown into the, into the, the fiery furnace, sorry, not the lion's den. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. But as the king came and was ready to, to uh, turn the fire on for them to pass, they saw another image. God was with them. And the Bible said that when they came out of the fiery furnace, not only were they in total, everything was fine. Even their clothes were not even singed. That's how the extent that God protects us when we trust him. The Bible says that, that the king told the, uh, those who prepared the fire to turn the fire up to a higher temperature and even those who are around they died but Daniel, Meshach and Abednego none of them had a, a scratch or anything on them why? because they trusted God listen, when you trust God I'm telling you, you have everything you do not lose anything your total trust in God will ensure that everything that God had in store for you, that it will come to pass So your faith in God is as strong as the test it survives. 
your faith is as strong as the test that it survives. So in other words, the bigger the test that you are facing, the stronger your faith will be if you pass that test. And I really believe that God wants to really mature us as his children and also as a church. And our maturity really is exposed by how we handle the tests that, that we face. Now, many of you, you're going through different tests. God wants to establish within us a sense of total reliance on him. And how we respond to that test will determine the things that God has in store for us going forward. Time is going, so I want to just quickly make a couple of points and I want to pray. I've spoken a lot about us trusting God. But just as important is that God himself wants to trust us. And the way that he trusts us is that when we go through different tests, is how we respond to them. 80% of the people in the Bible, they went through different troubles and tests. And God used each of these ones to demonstrate their trust or his trust for them. The best example is our Lord Jesus. God had a plan. He had tried things before in the Old Testament. The people he had created were not, you know, human beings were not doing what we should be doing. So God had had enough. Noah built the ark. The Lord killed everybody and started again. But that wasn't enough, as we know. But then his plan at that point was that, listen, we need a savior. So Jesus was the person that he put in place to fulfill his plan. But see, Jesus had to demonstrate to God that he could be trusted. And you know, as you read the gospel, you see all the things that Jesus went through. He was tempted. He was abused. Everything he went through, he had to show to his father that he could be trusted. And you know that at the very, not too long before he was crucified, Jesus himself said, listen, if you're willing, Lord, please, Stop this from taking place. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And we know that by the grace of God, Jesus allowed himself, he surrendered to the being crucified and eventually died on the cross for us. But that whole process was a demonstration to God the Father that his son could be trusted. And it's the same with us. God is saying to us as well, can I trust you, my son? Can I trust you, my daughter, with what I am allowing you to go through? So with that, I want us to pray. My time is gone. And I want us to ask the Lord to help us with regards to our faith in him. Everything that we are going through, as I said, as a child of God, will be tested. And God wants us 
to have a heart where our minds and our spirits totally trust him. But also God wants to be able to trust us. So the things that we are going through right now, I want you to bring them before the Lord and ask the Lord to help you that in the midst of your testing of faith that you will stand. That you will not be one to give up because of the test that you are facing. But the Lord will strengthen you. The Lord will increase your faith in him. Not in what he has done in the past, but in him. So right now, I want you to pray. Just speak to him concerning whatever you are facing. And ask him, Lord, increase my faith in you. Help me to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That I will not compromise whatever is around, but I will put my total trust in you and stand. Thank you, Father. Lord God, we just surrender all to you this morning. We really want to thank you, Lord God, that you've given the example of your son, Lord Jesus the one who died and rose again. And just as, Lord, he demonstrated to you that he could be trusted to go through with the crucifixion, we pray that, Lord, whatever battles that your children are facing, that you will help us to demonstrate to you that we can also be trusted of you to stand, to put our total faith in you, Lord God, I pray for those who are going through different tests that you will increase them in faith to stand. Those who feel like giving up, that Lord, that you will touch them and that you will fill them with a renewed sense of your strength, of your power, that they will stand as led by your spirit. I come against every doubt I come against every whisper of the enemy that would encourage us to give up in the season that we are in. Lord, help us to stand. Help us to trust you. Help us to look to you in what we are facing so that, Lord, all glory shall be given to you, O God. So, Father, we thank you and we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.